Welcome to God's Planning, Contemplative Preachers, Contemporary Age. Each week, join the Dominican Friars as they consider all things Catholic. Welcome back to God's Planning. My name is Father Patrick Briscoe, and I'm joined today here by the chaplain of undergraduate and graduate students of the University of Virginia, Father Joseph Anthony Cress. How are you doing, Father Patrick? I think after all these episodes, um, we are finally on an episode together, which is crazy. It's taken us this long, but it's good. This is really our first episode together? I'm, I went through the archives and I looked at it and yep, this is it. I think I've been on with every other friar, uh, but you. So Christmas should be an appropriate time for us to finally jump on together. Wow, this is amazing. So we have talked about doing <laughs> episodes together <laughs> basically for months then. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this this project has been in the works for the greater part of a year. And we've been, what, releasing episodes for, you know, four or five months now, and now we're together on it, which is hilarious. It literally took the nativity of the word to bring (laughs) us together. That's exactly right. The incarnation of the eternal word, then bam, we're together. So it's good. It's real good. (laughs) Well, we should say then at the very outset of our episode, Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. Yes, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. No, that's what we say at the end. Oh, my bad. Um, <laughs> Have you ever seen any Christmas anything? Feliz Navidad? You don't, say, you don't say, to all a good night at the beginning. That's the closer. I don't know when they're going to listen to this. This might be the final thing they listen to before they go to sleep. A little good little good, good night podcasting time, nighty night podcast. <laughs> I prefer to think that we're more like an exercise podcast. You oh, know, really? our, our musings on the sacred things are so inspiring that they drive the body to action. I kind of always envisioned us as a juice um, is flowing. Yeah, uh, I envisioned us as a transit podcast. So, like people in the DC metro, you know, got their AirPods in not wanting to talk to other people, but just listening to the uh, contemplative glories of the Lord through us in the chaos of a busy day. If you do have your international do not disturb signs in, uh, (laughs) you can meditate with us in this episode on the, the profundities of the mystery of the nativity of the Lord Jesus. Now, Father Joseph Anthony, you for a long time have identified yourself as a Christmas friar, a a special special Christmas friar. So tell me a little bit about that. Where did that come from? Why are you so devoted to Christmas? What does it mean in your own life? 
I mean, at the heart of it, the baby Jesus is my favorite Jesus. So, um, <laughs> no, I mean, there's nothing better than the king baby. And it's just, I, I love everything about Jesus uh, lowering himself to take on our humanity, humbling himself, entering into the mess and chaos of this world as an infant child and showing us, leading us the way in that um, in that kind of way of redemption. That's his chosen means, right? We, we know that he could have redeemed us in any way possible, but he saw it the most fit to enter into our lives as a child. And um, yeah, I love that. And then uh, everything else that it picks up with the Christmas season and the celebrations and the music and the movies and the emphasis on family coming together and all that stuff, um, I just, I love everything about Christmas and I don't think it's a problem to listen to Christmas music all year round. I don't think we can start decorating <laughs> early enough. People get upset when they're like, oh, it's Thanksgiving. Don't put the tree up. I'm like, it's been up since August. Um, <laughs> but I mean, at, at the at the root of all this, and this is going to be selfish to say, but my, my birthday is around Christmas time anyway. So like for me, it was this like super joyful and excitement moment because it was like, you know, uh, heavy hitting back to back to back, uh, you know, birthday celebrations, Christmas celebrations, all that stuff. So it was, there was a lot wrapped up in it for me. I could talk forever about myself. So let me just end that there. You're taking to heart that you are an altar Christus. <laughs> that you're, well, yeah. you're, your priesthood has conformed you <laughs> to another Christ so much so that you even celebrate your birthday on the eve of his Listen, I didn't choose when I was going to be born. Okay, the Lord did that for me, and he chose a matter of hours before his own birth to to bring me into this world, too. So I just, I think it's worth celebrating in big ways. His birth, though. His, his you know. Now tell me a little bit about the Christmas mass going experience in the Cress household. What was that like? How did you guys observe Christmas liturgies? Yeah. I mean, it was... It was, it was a great time because we always went to Mass on Christmas Eve, right? Uh, growing up, we'd always go to the Christmas Eve Mass as a family together. Um, we would go to kind of uh, local churches around to, you know, be a part of our entire uh, kind of surrounding area. So we would see what other church celebrations were um, like in different parishes in our area. But then we kind of just got into a rhythm of always going to um, midnight Mass as much as we could. Um, as a family together. And for a while, we were going down to the local cathedral in Wheeling, West Virginia. And it was just absolutely stunning to go to Midnight Mass, um, glorious liturgy, wonderful music. And then you walk out on the front steps of the cathedral, and then it's starting to snow, you know, and those types of things are just um, idyllic, and they're perfect. So uh, as a family, we'd always... Um, get together and go to a midnight mass or as close to we could get uh, together. And that was just, um, yeah, it was, it was like a little birthday present as well, because going to Christmas mass, like on my birthday just meant a lot to have the entire family together to do that one celebration. Um, just, yeah, it was beautiful. It meant a lot. Uh, so those are the things that like I always remember, you know, for a birthday after, eating cake and all that stuff. Then everybody goes and spends enough time getting ready, putting on their Sunday best or Christmas best in that sense, and then going to mass together. So it was a lot of fun. It's funny you mentioned that about uh, midnight mass. That that was true in my own family as well, actually. 
when we were when we were younger, we went to whatever the early vigil mass was in our parish. I want to say that yeah. it was like three even or a four o'clock Christmas. Maybe it was caroling at three and mass was at four. I can't quite remember what it was. So, so we did that mass for years. And then when we, then when we got older, midnight mask settled in as our, as our uh, mass. Now yeah. I feel, and I imagine you do too, uh, because I've gotten to know you a little bit over the 10 years, the nearly 10 years we've been in religious life. Um, I have very strong opinions about mass in the night taking place at midnight. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I, I mean, love I love when people call the parish and ask, what time is your midnight mass? <laughs> I'm like, you just told yourself. It would be it's a in midnight. the title. Now I know there are reasons that people change the mass time and, and that some of them are accommodating and important. So I, I recognize that there are different places to do this, but I, the tradition of midnight people forget comes from how, how we celebrated the liturgy, right? Before the second Vatican council, there was no such thing as a vigil mass. So the right. first mass of Christmas was the mass that began on Christmas day, technically, which was in the middle of the night, Right. At midnight, that yeah. was as soon as you could celebrate Christmas Mass. And, and there's something about sitting in that church, right? Listening to, like you said, the carols beginning at 11, 1130 or whatever it is. Um, and it's not just because there's you need something to do the past time because everybody wants to get there early to get a seat. But there's something about the building anticipation. And it's very reminiscent of what's going to happen like what a week or so after Christmas, because everybody gathers around and counts down until the ball drops and the new year begins. But there's this anticipation that you gather together to, you know, celebrate what is this new beginning. And so to be in this cathedral with your loved ones, with your family and hearing these uh, carols that are not just entertainment, but they're carols to, build anticipation desires what the past four weeks have been all about and then you begin at the stroke of midnight this celebration of what new life in eternity like that that's exciting that's beautiful i love that of all the christmas masses uh, one one thing another thing that people might not recognize depending on what your own practice of christmas is is that there are different readings for the different masses of christmas so the Vigil Mass of Christmas is where you always hear the genealogy of Jesus, for example, right? And then at right. midnight mass, at midnight mass, we hear the birth of the Lord according to Luke. And then the, the mass in the morning, the first mass in the morning, or mass at dawn, people call the shepherd's mass, which yeah. uh, which has which features the account from Luke or, or the part from Luke's account where the shepherds come. And then, you know, uh, the angel appears to them and all that fun stuff. Exactly. And then the mass of Christmas day is when you hear, uh, is when you hear St. John's proclamation, uh, the beginning of his gospel, the, uh, all of the, the theological language of the word. So the way that the masses are designed, the masses of Christmas, the vigil mass of Christmas, the mass, midnight mass, mass in the night, the shepherd's mass, which is the first mass in the morning. And then the mass of Christmas day all have different readings that they're kind of guiding you through. Anyway, the reason why the reason why I uh, took off on that tangent is because it always struck me that the first reading at midnight mass begins with this meditation on the light of Christ, uh, mm-hmm. which I just always think each year is so profound, 
sitting in a dark church thinking of thinking of Christ, the light who's coming into the world. You know, just all, all the Christmas decorations, lights, candles, all, all of those things point to Christ, the true light who, who has come, uh, who's shining in the darkness, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's one thing to talk about it. It's one thing to hear the readings, talk about it and whatnot. But it's one thing to enter into that in a real way, to live that, right? You're in the middle of the darkness, right? Like you literally are in the middle of the night in the darkness and this light illuminates it. And you're sitting around the cold, right? And you're wanting to be warmed by something, and you come together and that, you know, all of this imagery that we associate with Christmas, the Yule log, the, the family joining together around the fire, you know, hot cocoa, like all these things are like kind of real expressions of um, this, this longing in a, in a real sense and the appropriateness that this happens in the middle of the winter. Right. And it's, I don't know, it, it makes a lot of sense um, to see it all kind of come together at that one moment. Yeah. It's a reenacting of Bethlehem. Now, one yeah. of the things that you mentioned was how powerful the carols are, how they kind of get you into the right mindset. Um, are there Christmas carols? Now, I'm not talking about your trashy Christmas songs here, Father. Can we talk I'm, about those later, though? <laughs> uh, if, <laughs> Please? If you're a good friar, we will. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm talking... Because I got a list. <laughs> I'm, talking about, I'm talking about carols, you know, solemn, traditional carols. Do you have any favorite Christmas carols? I mean, for me, what rises to the top is uh, "O Come, O Come, Emmanuel." Mm. Like I, I don't know it because of its history, its tradition, based off of the O antiphons, um, just musically how it you know sings your soul and just uh, yeah, I love, love, love that that hymn and that carol. Um, do you yeah, have a, so for me? That's the top one. Do you? Have a, but that's like an Advent song. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I always associate like I always associate with like the last thing we sing right before midnight mass begins. Oh well, that's true. Okay, so kind of opening you know. wide the doors. I am a big yeah. fan. What do I do? What, what? Yeah, what do you got? I am a big because obviously when I ask a question, you know, I want to let you say things and then I'll give you the correct answer. Exactly. Yeah. Like, do you agree with me? I will tell you. I will tell you my opinion, uh, and uh, and there, and therefore you can adopt it as yours and come into the light. Actually, as it were, I love "O Come, All Ye Faithful," which is what I thought you were going to say. So you got it really excited. You're like, "Oh, this is going to be." Oh, he's I wrong. Like, I was like, "Here we are, 100 percent on the same page." Same page. No, no. I love "Oh, Come All You Faithful," and I remember. And now I'm now I'm thinking of like the SNL skit, <laughs> but <laughs> but I remember so clearly from my childhood, so clearly from my childhood, singing <laughs> Latin verses to "Oh, Come All You Faithful." Um, or the or like the or the Bing Crosby rendition of "O Come All You Faithful." Uh, yeah, I just absolutely I just absolutely love that hymn. Why though? Like, what what about that? Is it the nostalgia? Is it the the lyrics? Like, I think it kind of. I mean, it kind of picks on up uh, on all of those elements of the liturgy in the moment that you were talking about, right? Like, com- the kind of coming together of Christmas, the. the um, the warmth that happens inside the church in contrast to the cold, the light that is in the church in contrast to the darkness. I think that just, Oh, come all you faithful just kind of plays all of that out. Right. Um, and carries it in. 
Plus, you can yell on the refrain. You know, and as a child, that you want nothing more than that right? to yell no, in like, the church. When you sing, well, when you sing that, when you sing that carol, you know, at least the way we always sang it in my parish, and a, a way that I have continued to sing it. Right? When yeah, we know. Refrain, you continue to sing it that way. <laughs> when you sing the refrain, it starts out quiet, and then you know, you you come you you come more confidently. And more alive as you uh, a, a, as the thing goes on, right? So you could just be bellowing, and there's something really joyful about that. So right, I would say I'm not going to ask for an example of that, though. Yeah, we'll, right. spare, we'll, we'll spare. We'll listeners. save our listeners. And and because I can't give just one example, my or one one favorite, my second is quite honestly, joy to the world. Yeah, because midnight mass at St. Charles Borromeo in Fort Wayne, Indiana, always ended with joy to the world. And it was just awesome. You know, kind of all, all the stops on the organ, uh, big and joyful song um, that, that I just really loved. And you're like ready to go home at that point. Like you're ready to like go back and continue the celebration by singing Joy to the World. Like I, I, I feel the same way. I think our, our mass has always ended with joy to the world. And like, I wanted to go home, but I didn't want to go to sleep. Right. No, you just come, you, you walk out of that late night mass and you're just yeah. alive. Exactly. But then, you know, as a kid, I did want to go to sleep because, you know, of what was happening on the next morning, you know, Christmas uh, presents under the tree. So I don't know. <laughs> Perfect. Well, that's a good place to take a pause. Um, yeah. So, so far in the episode, we've been talking about, um, Christmas Mass, the Christmas liturgy, a, little, a few thoughts on carols and the meaning of Christmas. Uh, when we come back, we're going to look for, um, you know, what what may well be Father Joseph Anthony's favorite part of Christmas. Uh, so, so some of the kind of, we could oh, call gosh. it like the living cultural traditions of Christmas. Oh, it's going to get insane. Thanks for listening to God's Planning. We'll be right back. This is God's Planning. Get up to date on all our latest episodes at opeast.org slash godsplaining. Welcome back to God's Planning. In the first part of this episode, we've been covering um, the, the, the Christmas liturgy, taking a look a little bit at the, di- the different kinds of Christmas masses and how Father Joseph Anthony and myself, Father Patrick, have experienced um, Christmas in our own families uh, but we know that uh, Christmas has a kind of living tradition that flows out of the faith, right, and explodes. And it's it's so joyful that you can't miss all of these signs of the season. So that's what I want to hit a little bit. Um, you know, one thing that people always talk about uh, at this time of year, and it, it can get pretty controversial, honestly, um, would be their favorite Christmas movies. Um, so, oh, yes. so Father Joseph Anthony, I want to ask you cold. I didn't give, I didn't allow him to prepare for this at all. He's, he doesn't, he didn't know that I was going to ask him this question. <laughs> I want to ask you cold in order. What are your top five Christmas movies? Um, number one by far is elf. <laughs> I love that movie. It's like every year you got to watch elf. Um, buddy, the elf is one of my favorite people on the face of this earth. Um, the way he answers is the phone. I wish I should start, you know, buddy, the elf, what's your favorite color? Um, yeah, there's just so much joy and wonderful joyness in that movie. So I think elf has got to be the number one. Up the there. fastest way to spread Christmas cheer Christmas is cheer. 
singing loud for all to hear. hear. (laughs) Must be a South Pole elf. Must be a South Pole elf. (laughs) Oh my gosh, this is going to turn into just quoting that movie for the next 10 minutes. Yeah, we got to get off Uh, that. You have to give me four more. Okay. Um, Another one that is my personal favorite, uh, but this is, I, I don't know if you want to call this a full movie, but is like, I had uh, the DVD, and throwing me back before Netflix, but I had the DVD of the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, like Christmas story uh, thing that they had, and I loved that one. I did uh, not I would, see that coming. Yeah. Yeah, like that for me, it just has a super nostalgia. Uh, and it's about this like little girl looking for her family at Christmas time and all this stuff. But like just hearing like those electric guitars rock out to like the Carol the Bells just blows me away every time. So that's that's a personal favorite of mine. Um, a Christmas story. I don't think any like it has to be in the top five, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know. Just know I will never your eye out. I will never forget when my father gave me a BB gun. I, I actually got oh, it for my birthday. Um, but I think of nice. that whenever I see that movie. There's just so many iconic scenes, um, you know, sticking your uh, tongue to the flagpole. Just like <laughs> wanting to do that at playground, thinking like, oh, how, do, how can I do this? Like, this will be great. And you're like, no, no, it's not going to be good. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> when, when Ralph has to write his Christmas theme. <laughs> the dream of getting an A plus plus plus. plus, plus. Oh my gosh! All the right, trophy. so those are my top. The trophy. The oh yeah, of course. Uh, the leg lamp. <laughs> so those are your top three. Gile. Anyway, uh, yeah, those are my top three. I want to kick it over to you because I want to. I want to hear your. Uh, oh top gosh. Three. Well, because I, 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 while I would rearrange the order, I do love. Uh, I do love your top three. So to that, I would add. Wait, Muppet. you're saying Elf is not number one? That's correct. Yeah, I would actually, <gasps> I would actually put Christmas Story in top place. Okay, that's respectable. And I like Elf, but it and it's in my it's in my top movies, but it's you know it's not it's not the top for me. Okay, uh, wow, I'm shook. <laughs> he's he's looking a little upset right now, folks. <laughs> Deeply wounded. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love Muppet Christmas Carol <laughs> because oh, gosh, it yeah, has Muppets. Uh, as as I recently saw online, this hilarious. It has Muppets, tons of Muppets. Yeah, it, it actually does. has right. Charles Dickens in it, aka a- a- Gonzo. <laughs> <laughs> but Gonzo claims to be Charles Dickens. So anyway, so we can say the Charles Dickens yeah. is actually in a Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, it does a really good job of depicting the story too. Two Marleys for the price of one. <laughs> you know, Marley, you get Marley. Marley. Cheeses <laughs> um, uh, for us Mises. You know, that's, yeah, you, that's he gets some, inc- some incredible lyrics. Uh, little island scene suddenly when they're talking about the heat wave when they get to yeah, put yeah, yeah. extra piece of coal on there um Fozzie wig come on you just love Fozzie wig yeah uh, i just think everything about a muppet christmas carol is far superior to every other version of a christmas carol it's it's really the best out there absolutely the best yeah. and then um I would have to add to to these movies um, 
I love the Rankin Bass Christmas specials, especially the Rudolph one. Okay. And I realized that those things are cheesy as all get out, but yeah. man, do I love them. My, those were huge in my family. Uh, my father's, really? my father's a dentist. And so like the little elf that wants to be a dentist <laughs> <laughs> was a big deal for us. Um, the bumble who doesn't love the bumble, you know, putting the star on yeah. the tree coming around yep, yep, yep. once it gets all his teeth pulled. <laughs> Uh, that's, but I love, I love that. <laughs> the rank of bass Rudolph and then, right. um, die hard, obviously. Thank you. Cause I was <laughs> going to come back to this. I wanted to see where you were with this Christmas movie, a hundred percent of Christmas movie. I don't care what anybody says. It is a Christmas movie. I just think that that's so clear. And that, frankly, there's not much of an argument on the other side. So it's not even worth entertaining it. Right. And, like it's and it's a great Christmas movie. So other than movies, what would be some other like Christmas traditions that you really like Father Joseph Anthony? Um, okay, so we kind of made a reference to this earlier talking about Christmas carols, but I don't think you can start listening to Christmas music too early in the year. Like there there's really it's appropriate at all seasons. Well, so, since you've been a good friar this episode, I will let you talk about your favorite Christmas music. Thank you, because I was going to do it anyway. <laughs> you can't hold me back. Anyway, uh, so the best Christmas album out there, um, 100%, is the Oh Hello. Oh Hello, yeah. <laughs> You're darn right. It's the best. Uh, it's four movements, and they do this beautiful job of these, like, kind of, um, you know, the the standard Christmas hymns that you're used to, and kind of updating it a little bit. And then they throw in these, like, awesome kind of like um, other. They connect them with other uh, hymns and and songs from the Old Testament and stuff. It's it's awesome. It's just the best. Um, yeah, that's that's the best Christmas album out there, I believe. That is a, it is a phenomenal Christmas album. I'm absolutely agreed. No, in, there, if, in my mind. If, if you have the chance to go see the Oh Hellos during their Christmas tour, go see them live during the Christmas tour, do it. It is a party. <laughs> it is so much fun live. And then they, they have snow that flies out at the end. It's great. Love that. Um, Some excellent then, Christmas attire. Yes. Some, some solid sweaters and so forth. Mm-hmm. And tinsels on everything. And you, you can't be upset at that. Um, I would also say lately, I mean, this is more of a recent development in my life. I've been really digging um, some trap Christmas music. It's a wonderful. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a few Spotify playlists out there that are trap Christmas. And, you know, it's just Christmas songs remixed with a heavy bass line. And. Yeah, it's it's good to get a lot of work done too, in, in in short order, and and get you in the spirit of the season, if you will. <laughs> I'm, it's as it's, it's I don't as have anything end. to say to that. I just can't. Yeah. That. maybe I, we'll edit in a little bit of a <laughs> in the background or something. But think of Santa wrote or like drove a 1964 Impala with like hydraulics, like bouncing up and down uh, Santa Monica Boulevard. This is what would be in the background. It would be Trap Christmas, you know. <laughs> Santa for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, if you're if you're digging a 808 drum beat and a little bit of Santa, 
then that's the type of music to listen to. This is why they didn't I shouldn't be allowed record. behind this a why microphone. They this is why they didn't let us record an episode. I know. All right. So those are my uh, Christmas uh, music uh, go-tos. What about yours? What do you get? I love it. Well, actually, I mean, I was the only <laughs> thing I really pre- was prepared to, to comment on was how phenomenal the Oh Hello's Christmas album is. So, I mean, just yelling, oh, come let us adore him. <laughs> in the middle of the 930 Club in D.C. was the best. I have, uh, you know, I, I have very, very specific lyrical tastes, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> and whether it's Bing Crosby or the Oh Hellos, I'll take it. Um, uh, what about other, like, Christmas traditions outside of music? But, like, what are some of the traditions that you grew up with and that you continue uh, right. doing? So one thing that my parents um, gave us... Uh, for years, which is just such a lovely idea. And I think my mother has mine. Gosh, this is kind of embarrassing now, but you give up things when you enter religious life, even like really thoughtful gifts. But one thing that my mother did for years was that she always gave us a Christmas ornament. You know, so each year we got, we got a beautiful ornament, you know, and she would pick it up Mm -hmm. from a trip that she and dad had been on or whatever, but we would always get them at Christmas time. And so now that my sisters are married and have their own places, they have this beautiful collection of ornaments that are right up on their tree because mom's been giving them to them for years. And so when we were kids, it was cute. We would get really excited. It's like, oh, this is my ornament. You know, where am I going to hang it on our tree? Right. Yeah. So you got really selfish at Christmas. That's what I hear. Strategic. Very possessive. Strategic about placing my ornament. (laughs) Strategery. And I would just like to say that my sisters were absolutely the same. Uh, but uh, but the, the beautiful thing is, right, like all those years, you know, that those ornaments hung on our family tree. And then now, now, now for them to be hanging on my sister's trees, it's just, it's just really great. And um, as we would decorate the tree, a lot of times stories would come out about the ornaments. Um, you know, remember, remember that trip that we took as a family. Because, you know, like, where we got that, mama get them. Yeah. Or, or they would mean something, you know, so like they, I I got ornaments with saxophones because I, because I played the saxophone as a kid or, you know, my sisters got whatever related to what they were doing. And so it's a very, it was very sentimental actually. Um, And, and just, just a fun family time each year to decorate the tree and, and to, um, to, to reminisce, right. As we're pulling all these ornaments out. To all of our, uh, you know, newly married couples out there, and you're starting a family, this would be a great tradition to pick up and run with. I like that. I I highly suggest that one. So the tree decorating, always real big in our house. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I um, one of my favorite traditions, and this started with me. I I don't know if you remember this, but this started with me actually in the novitiate. Um, is uh, just getting a chance to decorate my room. A, a little bit has always been very important to me. And, uh, and I, you know, maybe go over the top a little bit. Uh, do you remember the novitiate, uh, how I decorated my room by any chance? Do I remember it? Okay. Just making sure. Yeah. It looked like Christmas fairyland. Yeah. That was the title. I, I took, uh, every, every Christmas decoration I could find for the entirety of the Priory and put it into my room. Um, now this is fine and dandy, but I had a roommate at the time and one of our other brothers, um, was away for the weekend. And so he came back to the room being, having every single decoration for the entire Priory in one room. He was not happy. 
Um, but I've been able to keep that up throughout the years uh, in decorating his room more than mine at times. It's it's been a few few years since I've gotten to it, but uh, I've always always enjoyed those moments of decorating his room obnoxiously. It is a living tradition that was carried out faithfully by other brethren putting Christmas decorations yeah. in this friar's room <laughs> to this day. He didn't appreciate it as much as I did. You're very enthusiastic, Father. Yeah, yeah I know. I try to be. But I, it, makes, it, warms, it warms my heart to know that uh, other brothers have kept up the tradition where I've been unable to because of circumstances and distance and things like that. But there was one year that I flew up there to do it, which was great. That was a great time. Well, uh, I think this has been a great Christmas episode. and Yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody. I just want to wish our listeners the best. Um, each Christmas is an opportunity for us to welcome Christ again, right? Um, we only get one Christmas of 2019, and there's something unique and particular that God wants to do in all of our lives on this great feast. So it's my prayer that all of you know those graces this Christmas. And I just want to end um, with, one of the, with a collect from the Christmas Mass. So as we pray, O God, who wonderfully created the dignity of human nature and still more wonderfully restored it, grant, we pray, that we may share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to share in our humanity, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. You want to say the line? You can say it now. Oh. Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. God bless you all. Merry Christmas. Christ is Lord. Thanks for listening to God's Planning, a work of the Dominican Friars of the Province of St. Joseph. Visit us at opeast.org.